they're gonna write books about Zendaya <laughs> yes. and La Roach. Honestly, they're gonna write so right. books about them. And I'm gonna have a book on my coffee table of all of Law's outfits that he styled for Zendaya, and it's gonna be amazing. And I'm You're gonna so look right. at it all the time. When I'm old and I can't remember shit, I'm gonna be flipping through that book, Zendaya and Law, <laughs> a, a, a history, a fashion, like whatever they're gonna call it. I'm gonna be flipping through that book as somebody's grandma. No, I'm not gonna be anybody's grandma, but somebody's great aunt. I'm gonna be <laughs> flipping through that book. Like, damn. They say, there goes great aunt Ely again. Flipping yeah, through that <laughs> looking Zendaya at book, Zendaya book. <laughs> trying to tell me about whoever the Zendaya woman was. They're like, sure, grandma. <laughs> Zendaya was an icon. <laughs> you crying no i just i had mascara on today and now i feel like it's just making underneath my eyes very dark you didn't take it off no but i did accidentally rub my eye earlier and then i was like (laughs) shouldn't have done that and why were you wearing mascara today ely well i was out (laughs) and about for work and i thought let me look cute and good thing I did because I had my photo taken quite a bit today. Why? You want to provide detail? <laughs> um, there was a rally today outside of the Supreme Court because today was the first day that the Supreme Court was hearing arguments around the student debt cancellation case. Um, so we rallied. Some people were there since last night. They had slept outside That's of the wild. supreme court in like the that rain. wasn't that wasn't necessary i really don't think <laughs> like was it really... was it was raining last night and <laughs> you guys they didn't even start arguments until today yeah i don't i don't <laughs> know whose idea that was <laughs> were I they with an sure... org or were they individuals <laughs> i know for sure it was people from the org rise mm-hmm. um they said rise and shine super early yeah well the rally started at eight i got there at like eight forty. Um, and then it was great because we had um, 30 students from our network come from our Ohio affiliate. So that was cool. Wow. They came all, all the way to D.C. just for that? Mm-hmm. They do a lot of student debt work. So they've been they came to D.C. last year for the student debt protests at the Department of Education. Wow. Yeah. So it was cool to see them. I didn't do anything nearly as meaningful today. Mm, tough. I made a really cute. I just have to say. So Jamie, if you're listening to this, this is Jamie's idea and you're probably going to make like a misogynist joke or something. What? I I forgot that tomorrow is the beginning of women's history month. Oh, you guys, he forgot. (laughs) He hates women. Oh my God. And so Jamie, she texted me and she was like, Hey, do you think we could make a post for women's history month? Cause we're a woman owned small business. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Let me make something. And I have to say, I know this is like a man that made this, aka me, but this is the cutest graphic I've ever made for our Instagram. Look how cute. Oh, okay. It doesn't do it justice on camera, but I picked the cutest colors, the cutest gradient. He's a graphic designer. I even like changed, I tinted our logo a slight bit so that we can't see. I don't know why I keep showing it on screen. I can kind of see it. I'll text it to you later, but I'm like, I can't wait to post this tomorrow. It's so cute. So cute. And also I'm going to be really manipulative on my personal Instagram story. I'm going to share it and say, go follow our page or you're a misogynist and you hate women. 
Wow. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. We're so close to 60. I want to get to 60 so badly. You know, having, it's just nice having the first number change. And it's mm -hmm. been a minute since that's happened. So, no, I remember the days. Anyway, so when you all are listening to this, it will officially be Women's History Month. We love uh, women. Yeah. I mean, I don't like actually love women because I'm gay, but I support and cherish women. Mm. And I, I love don't know. them. Some of the things you do on this on this podcast may may uh, say otherwise. What are you talking about? <laughs> you mean like when I gush over Zendaya? That doesn't mean that I want to touch Zendaya. No, I was talking about you saying you like women. <laughs> when did I say that? Oh my gosh, never mind. Wait, I'm confused. Never I'm not mind. attracted to women. I know the joke was about you being hating women. Oh, well, that's just a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay. should we get started? Yeah, let's get started. I have really good themes for mm -hmm. my sections. Themes. My theme for the new section is legislation that is disgusting and pisses me off. Oh. <laughs> and I might get heated. Oh, okay. So have you heard about this first one, the SB3 bill in Tennessee, aka the anti-drag bill? Have you heard about this? Oh my God, what? You haven't heard. I thought you worked for a voting organization. I thought you were involved in politics. I thought you knew what was up with social justice. We do not have a affiliate in Tennessee, so I have wow. no connection to their legislature whatsoever. Wow. Okay. Well, then let me tell you about it. Wow. Okay. So there's this bill. It's called SB3 slash HBO9, but we're going to call it SB3 because that's what everyone's calling it. And it has passed the Tennessee House and the Tennessee Senate. And yesterday, their governor, Bill Lee, said that mm. he does intend to sign it into law. Um, so that's not good, because what this legislation does is it bans, quote, adult-oriented entertainment that is, quote, harmful to minors from public property and places where they might be seen by children. So basically, anything outdoors is a no-go in Tennessee now, and some stuff indoors. This law specifically mentions, quote, go-go dancers, exotic dancers, strippers, and male or female impersonators, um, which, of course, includes drag performers. A first offense would be charged as a misdemeanor, and a second would be a felony charge. Now, the legislation does not ban all drag performances from public or non-age-restricted venues, but it does prohibit them if they were, quote, harmful to minors. So it's it's like... It's meant to be Subjective. ambiguous. Yeah. yeah, it's meant to be ambiguous. So, of course, they can just slap it onto anybody. Um, the bill's Senate sponsor said that it would be up to local prosecutors to determine how to apply the law. But the House sponsor suggested that any drag performance should be considered inappropriate for minors, no matter where it is or who's involved. Of course, people have argued that there are already obscenity laws in place pretty much everywhere. So... It's very obvious what the point of this bill is. And of course, it's going to affect artistic performance and even people that decide to present their gender in a way that doesn't adhere to the binary in public. Right. And before I get more into my thoughts on the bill, which are obviously negative, the governor also, this is Bill Lee, he also addressed a picture that was found and spread on Reddit from his high school, Williamson County High in 1977. It was a yearbook photo. And allegedly, this is 
the governor dressed as a woman alongside girls dressed in suits and ties for like oh. i guess some sort of spirit week yeah thing. we used to do they would call it like the yeah like themes for different football games yeah exactly and like he's dead ass and like a dress and a wig and everything and so when asked if he remembered it by a member of the press he said it would be quote ridiculous to conflate what was happening in that photo with the performances the bill would ban conflating something like mm -hmm. that to mm -hmm. sexualize entertainment in front of children he theoretically asked and then his spokesperson who goes by the name jade byers expanded on his comments in a, mm. in a written statement later mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the statement read in part the bill specifically protects children from obscene sexualized entertainment and any attempt to conflate the serious issue with lighthearted school traditions is dishonest and disrespectful oh. notice the use of the word lighthearted hmm. so mm -hmm. This makes me really mad. And I feel like if you're a conservative, I don't think we have any listening to this podcast. <laughs> if we do, or if you know one, I feel like you should be mad. And it's it goes along with the next piece of legislation I'm going to talk about. You should be mad that your time, your tax dollars, your votes are being yeah. wasted Sherry agrees, are being wasted on politicians that don't serve you, that don't sponsor legislation that serves you and benefits you economically or even socially. They're wasting everyone's time because some genius, mad genius, I don't know when it happened, I don't know who it was, maybe it was multiple people, decided that the best way to distract their constituents from realizing that politicians don't care about them is to start this culture war that's been brewing and brewing. And as we know, has just been emboldened in the flames. The flames have been fanned by Trump and his arrival and his presidency. And so we got all this bullshit, which kind of means nothing it's obviously an act of hate. Um, I read this really interesting article. I think it was on Vice actually about this, about the history of anti-LGBT legislation and rhetoric from the right. And it went into how like, there's this idea that it's not cool to be anti-gay anymore amongst most, most Republican politicians, because as like the world opened up and now we have the internet and social media and acceptance of LGBTQ plus people is more widespread. Now, all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, Republicans realize I have family members that are part of this community. Republicans are a part of this community. Donors are a part of this community. Shocker, there's actually a lot of people in the LGBTQIA plus community. And so now it's shifted to, okay, so we can attack drag queens. We can say that drag queens are inappropriate for children and drag queens are preying on children, which is a hoot because of all the stories that are coming out about specifically Republican politicians that have preyed on children or sexually harassed children or whatever. It is ridiculous. And like I said, it's all a distraction. It's to distract you guys from realizing that shit is not being done for you. 
you still can't pay your medical bills. You still can't get a job or a decent job. You're still living in poverty, whatever it is. Like there's a correlation here. We know that in the South, where are the states with the worst education? The South, red states. Where are the states with the lowest income bracket? The South, red states. And so this shit just pisses me off because it's just like people doesn't people don't seem to realize that it's just a ruse. Yeah, it's like the whole book banning thing going on in Florida, mm -hmm. too. It's like it's literally just a petty distraction. It's such a waste of time and resources. And it's our time and our resources and our money that's paying these people to do nothing. Yeah. And obviously, I feel incredibly bad for any drag performer in the state of Tennessee who are being put in serious jeopardy because of this, like drag performers, like some of them make a living off of this and yeah. this could greatly affect their income. And moreover, this is very like anti-parent. There's actually a lot of anti-parent legislation out there right now or being drafted. This idea that the government needs to enforce what a kid can or can't see or can or can't consume. It's like you were saying with the book bans. It's like, well, hello, parents, yeah. parents can decide. Like if a parent wants to take their kid, like presumably That's their decision. a small child yeah. needs to be taken to a drag queen, like a drag queen read along, for instance, is a big thing right now. It's going to stop being a big thing in the state of Tennessee because it's going to be illegal. And it, so it's like, why aren't parents getting mad? I'm, I'm sure some of them are getting mad about this but you're taking away their choice to parent their own children. Totally. And then of course, there's the issue of LGBT teens who, again, if even if it's a private venue and it's not age restricted, if a 17 year old decides that they want to go to a non-age restricted drag event, they're not allowed to, that's illegal, which is wild to me. So yeah. that's sad because you're closing the door um, for lots of queer teens in terms of exploring their community and making connections in their community. It's just very sad all around and it makes me mad. And we already have some uh, drag queens that are prominent in Tennessee basically saying that you need to prepare for a new Stonewall, like there were, oh, I forgot the, na the name of her, but some queen I saw her on TikTok give a really passionate speech about this before her set the other night. And like, it makes a lot of sense. Like maybe that is the sort of thing that needs to happen. Maybe. I don't know. It's yeah. just horrible. So another piece of horrible legislation. Yeah, say another waste of our time and resources and money. Have you heard about this? Actually, no, I haven't heard about this either. Okay. So the the lead into this is that George Santos, you know, the embattled mm -hmm. Long Island congressman who's basically <laughs> lied about everything. Uh he's decided that he's going to back a bill that's been introduced by Congressman, Alabama Congressman Barry Moore, that makes the AR-15 assault rifle the national gun of the United States of America. So the coast, if, yes. If that doesn't like scream waste of time, like I don't know what does. I don't know. So this bill is also co-sponsored by uh, Congressman Andrew Clyde, 
who's a gun store owner, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, our fave. Mm. Just kidding. We don't like her. <laughs> she was one of the idiots that yelled out Donald Trump's name during the House Speaker vote. And it's like, <laughs> babe, he's, he's literally not eligible. And you're horrible. And uh, let it be known that she owns a apparently a gun-themed restaurant called Shooter's Grill. I don't know. So <laughs> I got to take another gun deep sigh. Theme, a gun themed restaurant. Yeah. Fascinating. I got I to take another sigh because so I, I guess, okay, George Santos is attached to this, whatever. He just wants more attention because he can't stand the media not talking about you know. him. But I think this is so disgusting and i really can't like think about what this means you guys this yeah. is obviously a republican backed bill and what they are essentially saying so anyone who backs this bill anyone who votes for this bill doesn't give a single flying fuck about any of the hundreds and hundreds of people that have been gunned down by AR-15s, which are the weapon of choice for these psychopaths and domestic terrorists that conduct mm -hmm. mass shootings. Literally, probably nine times out of 10, it's an AR-15 that's used if it's an automatic yeah. uh, weapon in a mass shooting. They don't care. They don't care. They are dancing on the graves of your family members, your friends, your parents, your children. Think about all the children that have been murdered by an AR-15. Sandy Hook, AR-15. They don't give a fuck. Nope. They said, oh, like it's... your six, seven, eight-year-olds that were slaughtered by an AR-15. We want to make that the national, the national gun. gun of America. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah. And no. copy and paste what I was saying about the last bill. It's a complete waste of time and waste of resources. And it's a slap in the face to what politics should be. It's disgusting. I just can't believe it. And the Republicans are just monsters, man. They're just monsters. I just can't believe that there's a new thing every damn day where I'm like, I, know. I, I really never thought this. I never thought there would be a bill with all this other shit that's going on that needs to be addressed, I never thought that time would be spent on a bill to make a murder weapon the national gun. We don't even need a national gun, period. Why do we need no. that? We don't need that. It's it's horrible. Yeah, and to think that like voting rights legislation can't pass, but like this stuff is what's being talked about right now. I hope this doesn't pass. I hope to God this doesn't pass. I don't think it, <laughs> it will. It really is. I don't think it will. But... There. It, but it really is such a slap in the face to parents and family members of the countless victims of like, yeah, mass shootings from these weapons. I just really, I really don't understand it. Like, I mean, there's been a mass shooting probably every U.S. state at this point. And so if you're a congressperson or a senator or a governor from a state and you support something like this, it's like, do you not care about your they don't That's it's just a joke to it's it's all fun and games like we've talked about this we've said this a million times it's just a big game to them it's an epidemic the lack of empathy just in general there's such a lack of empathy especially on the right and i don't understand it 
And like you said, this is just making a mockery, a mockery out of what politics really is and should be. And again, this is why it's so hard to get people engaged in politics, too, sometimes because they see shit like this and they don't even want to bother voting for people. They don't even want to bother sending the emails or calling their representatives or participating in lobbying events because they think that like because people are doing shit like this, wasting time and energy and resources. Yeah. And the media doesn't cover it or they don't cover it nearly enough. They don't. <sighs> They don't engage with it, which is frustrating. So I feel like less people know about it and understand yeah. it. Uh, and I think that's a shame. And of course, the media is probably a large reason why shit like this happens. They want attention. Yeah. Like George Santos. I I, I guarantee you he doesn't give a shit about this bill. He wants attention. Well, he's not even the one who wrote it. He's just backing it. Exactly. And he's getting attention. He wants attention. He wants media time because everything's a media game. Everything is about how many minutes of screen time can you get on the nightly news? People don't care, especially, oh my God, especially Republicans. They do not care what they get media time for. Look at Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh like the woman was literally just saying a couple of weeks ago how there needs to be a national divorce. And basically is like, she's saying like there needs to be another civil war. She isn't like, <laughs> They don't care what, what they have to say. Saying? They don't care what they have to say as long as they get on and TV. And people will be like, I vote for them because they just say whatever they think. And it's, it's like, like, no, vote for. Oh, my God. For the love what of God. you think is not a flex. Like, that vote is just for people because of what they will do for you. And I know, like you were just saying, we've been really disenfranchised. I mean, hell, I don't really think politicians, politicians are going to do a lot for me, but don't please don't just vote for people because you think they're funny or you like that they speak their mind or even if you think they're cute or handsome vote for them because of what they say they're going to do for you and if they don't do it hold them to fucking account mm -hmm. that's what i have to say that's the end of the news <laughs> all right well <laughs> let's lighten the mood sure okay so I just want to include this as news because Lizzie McAlpine was one of my top artists last year. And I'm kind of having a oh, Zach yeah. moment where I'm like salty because <laughs> this artist that I feel like was really small and like nobody knew about. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. I like this person. You know, they have a small following. Wasn't now I just saying has... this last episode? Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> now she has a big following. Um, so Lizzie McAlpine earns her first entry on the Hot 100 with her TikTok famous hit, Ceilings. I do really like this song, I will say. But people make so many edits with this song. And it's like a trend now on TikTok. So it's been it's been getting really big. I'm I'm happy for her. I am happy for her. But I'm like, oh, shit. Like, now this means that she's not, like, really a small artist anymore. I listened to the song before we recorded. Oh, did you? Because I saw on the outline you put TikTok famous. And I thought, oh, if I listen to it, maybe I'll recognize it. I did not. But uh good for her yeah no i love this song um i will say on tiktok a lot of people use the sped up like they do the like sped up version oh yeah 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 maybe yeah. she'll drop that people love doing well, that she, now. she'll she drop did. the well, slower fast versions from tiktok they do because otherwise if they don't they're not making any money off oh, yeah. of people using that sound so they have to pretty much um yeah. So, yeah, she has released a sped up version and that's like what people use like what it uses on tiktok now um yeah Play. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Now, this is also just a little interesting. I feel like all of my uh, music stories this week don't require like elaboration. It's just like the headlines. That's so, okay. Um, on February 27th, The weekend became the first artist to reach 100 million monthly listeners in Spotify history. That really hasn't happened yet? I thought no. Ed Sheeran had like 300 million or I something guess not. crazy. Hmm. I guess not. Mm-hmm. Well. But I will say, I think Ed Sheeran is up there with The Weeknd. But yeah, no, The Weeknd. And I feel like largely in part, like this is largely part of like people listening to Blinding Lights, which is set to beat Ed Sheeran's Shape of You to become the number one most streamed song of all time. Good, because it's crazy. a much better song. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Shape of You is so stupid. <laughs> um, I actually don't even think Ed Sheeran likes Shape of You. Um, so... And then I have another weekend, the weekend story. He's been setting all these records, but I I think I mentioned this a few or a while ago, maybe earlier this season, like we're just in the age. It seems like all these artists are like hitting, you know, breaking records that haven't been touched since the seventies or like, are just like way, like it feels like constantly artists are setting new records and it's just because music is way more accessible now than it has ever been. And so it's allowed for these like insane numbers to start becoming the norm. So, but anyway, the weekend and Ariana Grande's die for you remix becomes the biggest debut for a remix in Spotify history, um, surpassing their own remix of save your tears. Is this a song? I don't know if you've heard Nick and I were talking about this or he brought it to my attention recently where people are like, Oh, her enunciation is so crisp because yeah. of those, those wicked vocals. Is this that song? Mm-hmm. Mm. Cause she yeah. like just finished filming wicked or something. I don't think she's close to being finished filming, but In the she, midst. she, she, yeah. So she posted a TikTok last week of her saying like, Oh, I took a break. Or she said like, after a 16 hour film day, I still made time to do this with, for my friend. That's all she put. And you could hear what, like it, while like through her headphones while that she was editing and recording a verse to the weekend song die for you. So people were like, Oh my gosh, another Ariana Grande, the weekend collab. Um, so yeah. And then the director, is it John Chu? He yes. reposted the Die For You remix and he's like, I swear I'm not holding Ariana Grande hostage because people have been like <laughs> mad saying that she doesn't sing anymore because she's filming this movie. Get over it. I know it's so stupid. <laughs> and it's like she does also like she has a pretty like large discography for her, like for someone so young. So it's like, yeah, you have tons she's of shit to listen entitled- to. Yeah, you have tons <laughs> to listen to and she's entitled to do something else for a little bit like it's okay and then they're all gonna be quaked when wicked does come out right so you're gonna get that content that she's currently working on for right like have you guys never listened to wicked before like if it's close to the original like source material and you put ariana grande in for kristen chenoweth that's gonna be crazy like y'all should be excited bursting with excitement (laughs) to hear this shit well maybe it's because they have to wait so like is it is part one not till next year i don't even know let me see i feel like it's got to be if they're not done well they are filming yeah 2024 part one yeah okay because they are filming back to back for Ugh, these two just parts just Money make grab. a four-hour movie it's probably not even it's probably doesn't even need to be four hours like why are you doing two movies well, we've been talking about how studios, they love their so two hour, 50 minute movies. So no. why not? All I'm looking forward to is seeing Jonathan Bailey 
as Fiero. Oh, he's looking at it. Okay, and that's all I have for music. Okay. Okay. Did you watch the SAG Awards? No. <laughs> um, why'd you say it like that? <laughs> it's like <laughs> if I didn't watch the Grammys, you think I okay. was gonna tune into the SAG Awards? <laughs> well, Nick and I watched the SAG Awards, and yeah. by Nick and I, I mean I kind of gave an ultimatum that we had to watch the SAG Awards. Uh, right. because so it was very interesting. They've historically been televised, and this year it was streamed on Netflix's YouTube channel. And oh, then next year fun. it's gonna be live on Netflix, like the Netflix app. Oh so before I get into the winners and stuff, I guess I wrote this at the bottom, but I'm just gonna skip to it. Oh. I loved this. There were no commercials, <laughs> there was no cutting off the speeches, and it was still like I think it was scheduled for two hours. It was like 2.20. It was great. This is going to, I feel like this is going to be possibly a new precedent. People are going to see. I Well, see, I don't think it actually is because oh. networks want their ad dollars. Because mm. Netflix paid for the rights to, oh. you know what I mean? Oh, interesting. And also something much larger like the Oscars, that type of acquisition would be so much more money. Mm. I don't know, but I... Loved it. They still needed to have breaks, of course, for people to like get up, go to the bathroom, resets. So instead of commercials, they did like montages of past winner speeches and they did montages. Oh, so there was like really no ads. That, were there ads that popped up zero. on the screen or anything? That's zero. fascinating. It was wonderful. You felt like mm. very immersed in it. And I really mm. liked the not cutting off speeches. It's just yeah. a respectful thing to do. Yeah, because it, it really bothers me. Like, I get it. Some people like, don't get me wrong. There were some speeches that were not great. And I was like, can we wrap this up? <laughs> be but I still think like, let's be respectful. Like this is people. This winning. is a big, it's a yeah, big it's moment a big for some people. Yeah, it's a big deal. And I'll, I'll, I'll get back to the speeches in a second. Mm, okay. So I'm so, so very happy that I watched the SAGs. I don't watch them every year, but this year was really important because there's been I have talked about this. This is the most exciting award season there's been for probably like a decade. For a minute. Yeah. There's been so many different uh, venues and outlets picking different people. And there's so many great performances and films and competition. It's just very exciting. And then of course, in the midst is one of my favorite movies of all time, everything everywhere all at once. And the thing with the SAGs is particularly for the performances, they are the best bellwether for the Oscars because actors are the largest voting block in the academy and it's like like a 99% crossover rate between SAG and Oscars so 95% of the time whoever wins the SAGs are going to win the Oscars so that's why I wanted to watch so A24 swept all of the film acting categories because Brendan Fraser ended up winning for The Whale and then Michelle Yeoh won Best Actress, Leading Actress. Mm -hmm. Yoi Kwan won Supporting Actor. And Jamie Lee Curtis won Supporting yeah. Actor. Yeah. So Which is kind of, I was surprised by that, to be honest. I was like, she what? She beat Angela Bassett? Yeah, we'll get to that. And then <laughs> Everything Everywhere All at Once won Best Ensemble, Best Cast. And so this was the first time in history that a single studio has captured every single major film press. Oh, all five because the whale is the a 24 film. 
Interesting. So that's cool that A24 was the one to do that. I know. I feel like it's hard for me to conceptualize that A24 is like a small, um, like, what do they call them? Art house studio type of situation because they make so much. They put out so much content. It's always really good. good, Yeah, good content. It gets wildly popular very quickly, probably thanks to the internet. Like, they probably don't have to put a lot of marketing dollars behind their work. So that probably helps. But still, it's like hard for me to, to like, to see them that way (laughs) and the pedigree speaks for itself Mm -hmm. so uh and also everything everywhere all at once broke the record for the most wins by a single film with the sags now they they won four but y'all got to keep in mind that the sags it's just acting and they do film and tv so they basically won as much as the film qualified for if the film had uh lead acting like lead actor nomination then that's the most a film the most a film could get is five because it's it would be all four categories and then best cast and of course there was not a lead acting nomination so it was just four but still that was enough to make them a record breaker in that sense and so let's talk about the individual wins like i said michelle yo won so happy I screamed because, again, this probably means she's going to win the Oscar. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Um, her speech was hilarious. First of all, her dress, which I thought was stunning. But did you see it? Mm-hmm. Had like ruffles on the front. Yeah. Poor thing. When she was like moving back and forth, it was rubbing <laughs> up against the mic. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but she was really cute because, of course, she was just overwhelmed. She actually yelled fuck at one point. And again, again, this is streaming, it wasn't censored. Not censored. I so like yeah, I um, love celebrities uncensored. Oh yeah, but she is the first uh woman, Asian woman, to win for a leading role. So that's exciting. Mm. And then Kihoi Kwan, who won Best Sporting Actor, he's the first Asian male period to win for a film at SAGS. Any wow, okay. And um his speech did make me cry. He was the first anytime he speaks, <laughs> I'm like ah. No, you know, he was so excited. Like, I'm just wondering how excited is he going to be when he collects his Oscar? Because Bruh. guys seem like he was on the verge of exploding. Man, I'm going to sob. <laughs> yeah, he was also the first cast member to win. So I think that's also what got me oh, emotionally. So exciting. And then Jamie Lee Curtis, a big surprise because, yeah, people were thinking it was going to be Angela Bassett or possibly Carrie Condon from Banshees of Sharon. But no, it was Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee was shocked. I could tell she was um, shocked. She went up to the podium and she was like, come on. And people were cheering. She's like, no, I mean, come on in a bad way. <laughs> like, um, by the way, she was kind of obsessed with the whole Nepo baby thing. I heard her bring it up multiple times. She brought it up twice. She brought it up in the the opening, this thing that I, I love that SAG does. They go amongst the tables and they have different people that they pick beforehand give like a little monologue about how they became an actor and then they say my oh, name cute. is Jamie Lee Curtis and I'm an actor and so she had a segment at the beginning and she mentioned being an epo baby then and then when she was doing her acceptance speech she brought it up but I don't know it's like it's only slightly annoying because she's such an endearing person mm-hmm. and so like graceful in a way and again just like the ultimate hype woman she was up there and she dedicated like almost a minute of her speech to Michelle Yeoh, just hyping her up. And this is before I wonder Michelle, if Michelle was Yeoh is like, okay. Chill. <laughs> they kissed on the lips when I saw Michelle that too. won. 
Yeah. That's really cute. Yeah. So very happy, very happy for this film. Oh, I hope it goes on to just do super well at the Oscars. Why are you making that face? Sorry, I feel like I had something I was going to ask you and I totally forgot. And I'm trying to remember what it was, but I can't. Mm, it's fine. Boo. Also, <laughs> boo. a couple more things while we're on the topic of SAG. I mentioned earlier that I was going to come back to a speech. So when everything everywhere and they won best ensemble, the whole, like basically the whole cast, even the security guard guys, like the dildo guys, they were there. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> And James Hong was there and James Hong played Gong Gong in the film. And basically Michelle came and they had like prepared little notes, which was cute. Michelle was like, we're going to dedicate this to James Hong who just turned 94 and he's been a member of SAG for 69 years. Oh my God. So, and then he gave a speech that legit was like five minutes long but it was so endearing and precious and Aww. even like let a little dance at one point. I it feel was like, just wonderful. Oh, that's what I was going to say that I forgot. I was going to comment on the fact that I feel like this year has really been all about like older actors, like finally getting their flowers. Mm -hmm. Not that like Jamie Lee Curtis is old per se, but she's not like she's a young person. Yeah, yeah. She's older and they're not playing like particularly youthful characters, you know? So I really feel like that's like the theme of the year. And it's it's really, it, it is exciting to see. And it's very endearing because it's like these people deserve recognition. Like, look at them doing amazing stuff. And like, I, like we've talked about how Hollywood, especially with women, either mm -hmm. like puts them in a box or just completely dismisses them for like really amazing projects. And that this really wasn't one of them. Um, and so that's, that's why I think it's really, really important. Like I've, obviously I love the film, but like Kate Blanchett, she has two Oscars and she's a white lady. She's going to be fine. Michelle Yeoh, she's never been nominated. She's like, let's just be real. If Michelle Yeoh doesn't win Best Actress at the Oscars, she's probably never going to win an Oscar just because the opportunities for her being an older Asian woman are so few and far between. So I do think that it's like, we need to take those things into consideration, especially yeah. when the other front runners have already won. Like I just... Please. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but how do we feel about Angela not winning? Because I think that was the expectation. Cause it's it's same pattern of thought of like, let's give Angela her flowers. What do you think? Honestly, I feel like with the when the group, the voting group was a bunch of actors, I feel like it's very possible she didn't win because she was in a Marvel movie. That's what I've been hearing people saying. Which I genuinely feel like that's me. something that actors would do. <laughs> like, I think, and like, I, I, I kind of, I mean, I kind of can see, I don't agree with it, but I can kind of see what, like, I, I can see where, what they might be thinking. I personally wouldn't vote that way, but, um, cause I feel like Angela Bassett was amazing in Wakanda forever, but I feel like that's why she didn't win, especially with this group is because, and she's been winning with all the other groups is because it was a Marvel movie. Yeah, and it's clearly like only if, and this is the first, I don't know if it's the first Marvel period nomination, but it's definitely the first MCU acting nomination. And so, yeah, maybe a message is trying to be sent because it's not about like 
have you been in a superhero movie because right. people who are winning like Kihoi Kwan is going to be in Loki season two. Right. Michelle Yeoh was in Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's clearly like saying we do not want someone to win for which is so movie. frustrating because it is yeah I, again i feel like that's what i really liked about the that's why this franchise got to be so big is because it was taking like this silly concept almost but actually like treating it like a serious piece of art and it worked so well and i feel like disney like marvel's moving just going further and further away from that especially with ant man oh we'll get there <laughs> I got a story. <laughs> They're going further and further away from that, like just base concept with what they did with Iron Man. Like, let's just make a really good movie. And it just so happens to be about comic book characters. They're moving away from that. But I feel like that's something that Ryan Coogler does good, does pretty well with the uh, Black Panther franchise. So it's a little bit frustrating to to have to 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 like have, you know, conclude that. But it's probably what people were thinking. <laughs> when they yeah. were submitting their votes. And it's tough because I think both Jamie Lee and Angela fit into that category of Michelle Yeoh, where it's like, totally, there's a very good chance that neither of those women will ever be nominated again, just because the opportunities that are yeah. available are not available to them. And so it's like, regardless of who wins that, there's going to be another one that potentially is saying goodbye to their only Oscar nomination. Never say yeah. never, of course, but I'm just speaking on totally, patterns in the industry. Totally. And I mean, I, and that's not to say that Jamie Lee Curtis didn't do an amazing job in everything everywhere all at once. Like if you have seen that movie, you know, she like, does so much. She, she does like physical comedy, right? She like that she, scene at the end where she's talking about like women like us, that's sort of, that scene. Yeah, no, she she's wonderful. totally killed it. So it's like, not shocking at all that she was nominated for these awards and that she's recognized. Like I'm so happy for her, but yeah, I'm actually a little shocked just based on the rest of the, how rest, the rest of award season has been going that Angela Bassett didn't win. Yeah. So we'll see as of this recording, the Oscars are in 10 days and I couldn't Whoa. be more pumped. Ooh, it's going to be so fun. <laughs> anyway, you ready for the segue? Speaking mm -hmm. of Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> She's been very, very, very vocal on red carpets lately. Uh, this is not part of the story, but you've seen the videos of her avidly defending Ariana DeBose. Oh my God, that <laughs> so is funny. so funny. <laughs> also, Especially because she was the only one in the audience like fully rocking out to that. Yeah. Song. Well, one clip, it does kind of make sense because she was saying how apparently at the BAFTAs, camera people just came up to the actresses without notice and put cameras in their faces. So it makes sense why like some of the first reactions we see like Ana de Armas, they right, were like, what's like... going on? Cause the camera's <laughs> in their face. And she said, by the time it got to me, I knew it was going on. And so that's why I looked like I was having a good time. <laughs> um, By the way, Ariana DeBose, did you see this clip oh at the SAGs? Where, which one? She was presenting with Diego Luna. Oh my God, that's another segue because I'm going to bring up Diego Luna in this story. But she was oh presenting God. with Diego Luna. She's wearing hot pink. I did see her outfit. And she she said, Diego, do the thing when he was <laughs> announcing the names. And she even did the little like the point. So she, I love that she's leaning into it. As she okay, should. I'm glad. Yeah, because it's like nobody's nobody. No hate. Like we fucking love it. This is camp. This yeah. is what we needed. We needed something like this. 
Oh, and when she was thirsty. Yeah. And when she did that, they had a camera person at the ready to capture Angela Bassett's reaction. And she was in her seat like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like she Angela was still having a good time, even though. she. Oh, even when she did her acceptance speech. What awards was that? Oh, Oh, was that the the BAFTAs where she said? No, 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 not the BAFTAs. The the NAACP. NAACP. (laughs) She said Angela Bassett did the thing. Yeah. (laughs) She was. So into it. I'm obsessed. By the way, she looks stunning at the SAGs. Did you see? Of course. Her and Viola were wearing the same color, and that shade of yellow on a black woman's skin looks phenomenal. We just, we rock everything. (laughs) Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Back to this Jamie Lee Curtis. (laughs) So she's been talking up a storm on these red carpets. (laughs) And so on the red carpet of the Producers Guild of America Awards, this is actually also when she went off about Ariana's performance. She was asked by Variety about a Freaky Friday sequel. Mm. And she said, quote, it's going to happen without saying there's anything officially happening. I'm looking at you in this moment and saying, of course, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And this is like a little timeline I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. On Valentine's Day, she shared a photo of herself and Lindsay Lohan on Instagram. And the caption said, it's Friday. I'm just saying Freaky Friday, Freaky Friday. Freaky fingers crossed. And Lindsay Lohan commented on that with it was cross fingers emoji, smiley face emoji, and two hands up emoji. So Lindsay was in on it. So it sounds like they either know that something's happening or they're like hardcore campaigning for something to happen. Well, see, I don't know. I have more information. We're going like we're going back into okay. We're going like I started the most present in the timeline is what I started with. Now we're going back in time. So at the premiere of Glass Onion, which oh. she was at because she was in the previous Knives Out movie. This is back in November. She also told Variety, quote, there is no scheduled date, but we're talking. People are talking. Mm. The right people are talking. <laughs> and then this was unclear by the story. I don't know if this was on the Producers Guild red carpet or the red carpet of the Knives Out premiere. Mm. But apparently Diego Luna, like I said, segue when we were talking about Ariana DeBose, Right. Apparently he was brought to tears on the red carpet when his 12-year-old daughter, Fiona, who was accompanying him, apparently Fiona is a big Freaky Friday fan. She was introduced to Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> and he was very emotional about this because his Aww. daughter was meeting a hero. I didn't even know he had a daughter. <laughs> I don't know. And apparently, apparently, mm-hmm. this is what Jamie Lee Curtis said. She said she whispered into Fiona's ear. Oh. She said... I just told her she's going to the premiere of Freaky Friday too. And I told her a secret about it that nobody else knows. She's the only one in the world who knows what I just told her. Someone needs to contact Fiona right now and wring an answer out of her. Oh my God. (laughs) But isn't that so dramatic? dramatic. Here's my theory. I think, I think one day, one day soon, Especially if Jamie does win an Oscar, because then, you know, Disney will love to say in the trailer, like Academy Award mm. winner, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh my God. Can you imagine? But then also her fee would go up if she mm. won an Oscar. So I don't know, but um, I think it's going to happen. I think they're a little bit nervous about Lindsay Lohan because she's like lost an audience, obviously, but she's <laughs> capable. Like she's back. She's acting. She's, she's making a comeback. Good. Yeah. I feel like nobody's mad yeah. about it. So the only thing that would make me nervous is this seems like a Disney plus sort of thing and Mm. Disney plus sequels to Mm. beloved films 
The track record is not good. I've seen no. Disenchanted. That was garbage. And I've seen Hocus Pocus 2, which was teetering on the edge of garbage. So, <laughs> I mean, I would love for them to make this, but also I probably would not love for them to make this. But yeah. the original is so good. I, I love know. that movie. Not the original. It's a remake, but you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. Our original. <laughs> Our original. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it was... It was the film that uh, Mark Waters directed right before Mean Girls. So the pedigree is there. I mean, yeah. come on. Whew. Anyway, <laughs> here's another segue. We're going from Jamie Lee to okay. Jamie Bond, James Bond. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this. So apparently the James Bond novels by Ian Fleming are being rewritten for sensitivity issues. So a report in a UK newspaper called The Telegraph reveals that ahead of this reissue of Bond novels, which is happening in April because it's the 70th anniversary of the first book, um, first book in the series. Oh, okay. Ian Fleming Publications has commissioned a review by sensitivity readers and <sighs> things have been changed and each book will have a disclaimer. The disclaimer will be, quote, this book was written at a time when terms and attitudes which might be considered offensive by modern readers were commonplace. A number of updates have been made in this edition while keeping as close as possible to the original text and the period in which it is set. Wait, what? do you know like some specifics? Yes, I have examples. <laughs> so that's the okay. disclaimer. And then here's some examples of stuff that's being changed. Oh my God, I can't wait. Okay. So a commonly used pejorative term by black for black people by Ian Fleming they don't say what that term is. I'm assuming it's the N word that ends with an <laughs> that ends with an O. The other N word, you know what I'm talking about, Negra. Sure, yes. <laughs> um, so all of those have been removed and replaced with quote black person or black man. Um, and then another example in Live and Let Die, which came out in 1954, Bond's opinion of Africans in the gold and diamond trades as quote pretty law-abiding mm. chaps i should have thought except when they've drunk too much has been changed to just pretty law-abiding chaps i should have thought <laughs> and then in that same book which is set during a strip tease at a nightclub in harlem oh originally it said bond could hear the audience panting and grunting like pigs at the trough he felt his own hands gripping the tablecloth his mouth was dry this has been changed to bond could sense the electric tension in the room and then Sorry, another this, this is so funny to me this, <laughs> this is so funny i got one more another segment in the book that described accented dialogue as quote straight harlem deep south with a lot of new york thrown in has been removed as well. <laughs> like we can't fix that <laughs> they said, throw the whole so, thing away <laughs> so how are we feeling about this <laughs> okay when you started talking about this i kind of rolled my eyes because i feel like it's like so annoying to me when like just corporate entities are like, oh my God, racism is a problem now as if it wasn't <laughs> a problem before. Yes. And like, I kind of get why they saw the opportunity to do this now that it's like the anniversary or whatever. But, you know, I still roll my eyes because it's like, okay, if you weren't trying to do it before, why are you trying to do it now? Like, let's be fucking be so for real right now. Yeah. And then, but also like some of that is just fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, like the simplicity. And I, I feel like it's funny because like, if you really think about it, 
it shows how like really easy it is to just not be racist. Like <laughs> yes. how easy some of this, di- like some of this description was replaced with like simpler things that add that take away nothing from the plot. <laughs> and so it's like, it's, I'm just cracking up at some of these. Cause it's like the, the, the juxtaposition between what was originally written and then how simple the rewrite was like, it's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm of an opinion that I'm all for the disclaimer. I think the disclaimer is really important. Disney has added that sort of disclaimer in front of like, well, they don't even have Song of the South on Disney Plus, but um, in front of like Peter, Peter Pan. Pan. I um, watched Dumbo. Peter Pan, re- not recently, but like relatively recent, like since Disney Plus came out. And I was shocked by how like, just how completely fucked up it is. I had to stop watching it. Yeah. I was like, this is making me so uncomfortable. And I just like, I was shocked. Yeah, and Dumbo's pretty fucked up too with the crows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my yeah, god. Yeah. So I'm I'm 100% all for disclaimers. Please put disclaimers on anything and everything. I'm not a fan of editing a text, whether it's a book or a film, or and I'm not the biggest fan of that, just because I think it's important to understand the text, and I think that removing it, it's like, yes, it's good that you're removing harmful content but also in terms of media studies well that's it's like it's like you're it's like you're taking out history well no and 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 history can be ugly and we need to understand that and i feel like this isn't really necessarily american but it's a huge problem i mean yes a huge problem in america but maybe even beyond that yeah people are so fucking afraid of like just admitting that our history is ugly and gross and horrible that and they want to cover it up. Just, yes. They're willing to yeah. cover it up. They're willing to ban books. They're willing to straight up remove and alter text. It's like a little ridiculous. I kind of, maybe that's why I'm laughing too, because it's just like, again, like, are you like seriously? And again, like it wasn't a problem until now, now it's suddenly an issue. And I feel like, they probably are doing some kind of like fancy, you know, re-release of the books, like with new covers and they wanted to seize that opportunity, but they were probably like, we can't do this with all the racist stuff. So yeah. it also feels like it's just a ploy to actually be able to sell these books now. And so yeah. it's so disingenuous, honestly, maybe that's also why I'm laughing because it's, it's so pathetic at this point. No, I think it's, it's kind of like a smile to your face while stabbing the back because they, they're saying and acting like they're removing this stuff because racism bad, <laughs> but then you're, you're kind of denying that the racism was ever there to begin with. You're covering it right. up and yeah, there's the disclaimer. So people know, but the disclaimer doesn't say this is what we removed in this and why right. we removed it. It just is that blanket statement. Well, and that's, I feel like what, and you know what else this is going to do? This is going to make it so that original copies of these books are going to become so like yeah. the, they're going to become worth so much money now. Yeah, That's going to be a thing. And um, kind of like how the homophobic version of Taylor Swift's oh my debut God. album. <laughs> it's like a thrift shop gem. The racist version of James Bond is going to oh become the thrift shop gem. But like if this is doing so much. And I like you said, the disclaimer would have been fine. That would have been perfect. 
But the fact that they're now going in and being like, yeah, no, no racism ever happened. Yeah. Forget it ever happened. It's like, all right. The main positive I can get out of that is that a sensitivity reader slash editor got paid and they're probably not a white person. <laughs> so that's good. That's good, right? Yeah. They got paid <laughs> to take out the word Negro. <laughs> Negro bad. Oh, <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> nobody else could have pulled that out. <laughs> could you imagine if the sensitivity reader was a white person? That'd be wild. <laughs> but that's like kind of the joke is like, even if they were, this shit is so obvious. <laughs> uh, I'm interested to see if this sort of thing comes up with other famous books or franchises or. Oh, they've 100% whatever. already done it with Agatha Christie's books. Oh, really? They have- edited them? I think so. So at least I know for sure one of the books. Uh, oh, shit. What is it called? It's actually I read this in college and I really liked it. It's called And Then There Were None. Oh, it yeah. had like two different titles before, both which were racist. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, anyway, I don't have a segue to the next story, but Ooh. you did mention it previously. Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. It Horrible. It opened two weekends ago. Ely saw it. She hated it. I know she didn't talk about it on the pod, really. Oh, I didn't? I didn't talk about it at all? No, remember, I asked you, why didn't you make it your media moment? And you're like, I want to talk about the stream of Hogwarts Legacy I watched. Oh, my God. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, apparently not a great film. I didn't see it. Apparently? (laughs) No, not a great film. (laughs) Anyway, so it opened to, I think, like, it was like 104 million or something like that uh, for the three day. Of course, we it opened on a four day weekend, but the three day was like 104. Technically, the best opening of the Ant Man trilogy, but not I a hate great that I Marvel opening. To that. Yeah, uh, but anyway, <laughs> second weekend was this past weekend, and it suffered a nearly 70 percent drop. Was 69.7. I, I wish it was 70. Like oh that seven God. would have that been so crazy. Yeah, this is the drop at the domestic box office. And so this makes it the worst second weekend drop for a Marvel film. Black Widow is second at 67%. But of course, that was Wait, in the middle really? of the pandemic. That was in oh. the middle of the pandemic. And it was also available on Disney Plus for a fee. True, 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 true. And get this it is the worst second weekend drop for a superhero film that opened over 100 million the previous record holder was batman v superman i was gonna say it had to have beaten something from dc oh my god that's horrible that's humiliating for them yeah so i'm seeing all these think pieces where it's like should marvel Mm. be worried and i hope so because i think they need to start Mm. making some changes i think they do and then you saw kevin i didn't talk about this last week and i almost did where he kind of, he did an interview somewhere and it was right after the first opening weekend. And he was saying like, oh, we're going to release less shows. It was like a quick, like it was, yeah. it was a uh, damage control basically. Yeah. Or an attempt at it. So I wonder what damage control we're going to get in the coming weeks because of this failure. Yeah, no, they should be worried. Um, oh, It's just so frustrating to me that like, Oh, you guys, I have so much anger because, <laughs> <laughs> because I I don't want to spoil this movie, but let me just say this. The person I feel the most bad for, I guess, is that's not a right way to say it, but the person I feel the, the worst for 
is Jonathan Majors because he's the best part of that movie. I think he's going to be great as um, all of the versions of Kang that we're going to see in the rest of this saga. But uh, I knew there was a butt coming. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I I just need to say I feel bad for him because he was he did the best he could do <laughs> when he was given. Um. Yeah, I don't even know. Sorry, I don't really know where I was going with the butt, but, but the flop, movie is just basically. not good. It's not yeah. good. It's horrible. And I feel like everything that you thought this movie was going to do to set up this Kang dynasty, it doesn't do. It's incredibly disappointing. Well, it's because you have so to see feels... the next seven things. Well, that's annoying. And it's, it's no, so it annoying because it's like, it feels like that's what's been happening with every single project. Like they have these like, they have the opportunity and of course I don't want to say that they should just stick to fan service because they totally shouldn't like be creative, do your thing. I don't care, but none of this is wowing me. Like I like, do you like the shock that comes after watching infinity war where you're like, Holy shit. Like are people just lost? Mm-hmm. I was hoping that's what was going to happen with this movie. Sorry. That's kind of a spoiler. People aren't going to see this movie anyway. <laughs> don't see this movie. <laughs> I thought that's what was going to happen with this movie. And it 100% doesn't like this movie is open and closed. Boom, shut. That's it. And so I was just like, are you kidding? You had the opportunity to do something like that again with an Ant-Man movie. I would have loved the theater content if that would have happened. Well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's <laughs> too much credit, but I really think the shows fuck them up. I, I mean, and none of them, uh, you're probably going to disagree with me with me on this. None of the shows have been amazing enough to warrant their existence. Like I really like WandaVision. Wanda- I really liked WandaVision, but like would I be upset if it never happened? Yeah, I would. No. <laughs> I just think the shows and the the attention being diverted to the shows like from Kevin Feige and other higher ups, it's like it's clearly muddied the waters and it's made it taxing for us. Like, what's the last show you watched? You didn't even watch Hawkeye. Did you? Yes, I did. Yes, I oh, you did. did. I watched all of Hawkeye. That's okay. the last one I watched. Okay, yeah. It's like I watched the first two episodes of Miss Marvel and She-Hulk, and then I stopped. And Moon Knight, I stopped. I it's just Moon Knight. Yeah. So it's just Ugh, taxing. It just sucks. Yeah. And it, again, the people I feel the worst for are the actors because in some of these cases, the actors are like actually kind of good. Like I thought Oscar Isaac was doing pretty good as Moon Knight, but the story I just could not keep up with. I don't know. I don't feel bad for them. They're probably getting paid. But I mean, okay, I don't feel bad for them, but at the same time, it's like that sucks. Like you got into this thinking that this is going to be like a huge thing for your career, and it's oh, actually yeah. just trash. I see what you're saying. Like I don't, I don't pity them, but at the same time, it's like, oh, that does kind of suck because like your performance is being overshadowed by the studio's lack of like consistency and just lack yeah. of like I don't know smarts. <laughs> Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Anyway, enough Marvel ranting. I wanted to end this beefy entertainment section with a bit of good news. This is a long episode. It is, but that's okay. (laughs) Harvey Weinstein, you know, Mm. sexual assault monster, former Hollywood mogul. He was already serving a 23-year prison sentence in New York for sexual assault charges 
And he was sentenced in Los Angeles on Thursday to an additional 16 years for rape and sexual assault in Los Angeles, which is to be served concurrently, not concurrently, immediately after his 23-year prison sentence in New York. So this this ensures that he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life because he's oh, 70 totally. years old. I was going to say, when do you think he's going to die? <laughs> he's 70 years old. Sure. If you can make it to 109, sure. But I <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. So this man's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. And I know that that's Bye. a huge relief to all of the women that he uh, ruined mentally, emotionally, physically i'm glad that they have justice yeah. and in fact um another sub story to this was jane doe one which was like the the major person in the los angeles case was finally able to speak out following the sentencing because she felt like comfortable safe to, yeah to tell her story so oh yeah and it's crazy how long this has been going on no, I know. I really recommend to anyone who's interested, you really should watch She Said. It is a great film. I know I talked about it last year about this tale and the women that helped bring him to justice. Mm -hmm. It's a great movie. Go watch it. Okay. And you see the the back of his head. An impersonator. <gasps> the back of oh. his head. Mm. Yeah. Not the actual it's Harvey. Chilling. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. The actual <laughs> okay oh by the way right. a, a quick side note about that i'm pretty sure that whenever i was talking about that film i was talking about how they got really good voice impersonators specifically i was talking about whoever they got to do gwyneth paltrow's voice over the phone did an immaculate job oh. i'm a dumbass that actually was, it was her paltrow. yeah <laughs> she actually lent her voice it's hilarious you were like <laughs> whoa <laughs> I don't know why I thought I don't know why I thought it was her. And I realized that because recently for the Glee version, my pod with Nick, we watched that iconic episode, The Substitute, which she's a guest star in. And I was looking at her IMDb. Nick's never seen Squirrel's Rock. Wait, what? I know. Isn't that wild? Well, he went to a boarding school. I have the DVD box set, so I need to crack it out and put it. Put um, it yeah, it. wait, that's such yeah. a flex. That's so cool. I didn't know you had that. Wow. I did, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's great. But anyway, um, I was looking through her, her IMDb and the first thing there was she said, I was like, oh, that you was were like, her. oh. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about pop that's culture funny. stuff. All right. I actually kind of have kind of, well, we'll see how beefy this ends up being. I, uh, I really don't want to get into this last story too much because oh. I feel like it's nothing, but whatever. Oh. Okay. So the first story though, I put on oh. the outline, you know, I got to talk about these looks Zendaya has been serving. Oh my God. She hasn't been on a red carpet for a little bit. So we haven't, yeah. we haven't seen her, but baby, she's back. All right. Oh so, yeah. I wanted to like break down each look. <laughs> I don't even have to look at these pictures because they're already, you already burned know. into yeah, my Yeah, you head. already know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've saved all the images on my phone. Before we get into the the garments, mm -hmm. the garments, this hair, I know, is she's stunning. Slaying it the, like the the bob. I don't even know what you would call it. Is it a bob? I feel like it's kind of a bob. It but it's is like the curly cutest and bouncy. thing. 
It is so cute. She looks so good. Also, wait, I need to show you this. You know how like on the iPhone update, you can like customize all these black screens? Yeah. I made one of Zendaya, but she's so tall and covered. Oh, work. I kind of the love time that. of day. I know, but I was I like, sometimes that. I do need to see what time of day it is. But <laughs> like, come on. Okay, well, we'll get to this look. Damn. I wish I looked like this, you guys. I wish I did. <laughs> Um, okay, so the first two looks are from the NAACP Image Awards. Um, the first one is this like Shego looking. Um, I don't. I almost typed vintage Versace, and then I was like, wait, let me see, let me double check that. And people have been saying vintage Versace, but this is from 2002, and it hurts my soul to think that 2002 <laughs> is vintage. But That's some wild. people really do think that. So the spring 2002 Versace look is of course perfect for her the green and black mm-hmm. oh amazing i don't think she has jewelry on the, in this one which we'll talk about this i think we did mm-hmm. kind of talk about this before when we were talking about red carpet looks earlier this award season um this one yeah she doesn't have like neck jewelry it's okay she's also so good at posing i know i, mean, I was watching have you seen like videos of her posing yes i've seen she's- uh there was a video that she posted, remember, of the person who was saying, like, serving, serving, serving <laughs> on the NAACP red carpet. And it's funny because she, like, pointed and smiled and then immediately struck it over the shoulder. Right. She does it so, so effortlessly. She does it so well. It's almost like code switching, but, like, for your body. Because, yes. like, I don't know how she does it. She does it so well, though. She's amazing. We love Zendaya on this podcast. And then the second look for the NAACP Image Awards is like inspired by this Prada, uh, 1993 Prada, like two piece set, which if you see the original piece that it it was like made from or made after the original outfit had pants. And I kind Mm -hmm. of wish they would have done the pants. Imagine Zendaya would have rocked those pants. That's okay. They made it she a long skirt. It. No, she still rocked this for sure. They made it into a long skirt, um, which still, of course, looks stunning. But I'm like, oh, I wish there was a version of this that was the pants because I feel like she would have killed it in those pants. Um, so those were those two looks. And then the look that I'm like, actually, that's like she's stomping on my neck. The Valentino is one. The Valentino handmade roses like she posted on her instagram story the process of them like making these roses individual roses on oh my gosh on this gorgeous pink gown oh my gosh she's so amazing long train and she has beautiful necklace like neck jewelry in this oh that jewelry costs a lot that it looks so good though it's from um Bulgari expensive yeah there you go Bulgari yeah (laughs) They gave her pieces. They gave her. They gave her all the pieces that she wore this weekend. So NAACP and the SAG Awards. Um, Mm. oh my gosh, yeah, this rose dress is like taking me out. It's so beautiful, and it's a piece of art. It really is. Like they handmade those roses, and then the gown that she wore during the award ceremony is this like sleek silk satin Armani dress that looks. It's so cute. It's like pink um they called it a peony pink and like blue with like some like black embellishments it's like color blocking yeah it looks so good where do you think when whenever people have to wear one garment for the red carpet and then they change 
where in the venue do you think they changed? You think she did it in know. the bathroom or I don't what? know. <laughs> That's if she did it in the bathroom, that is incredibly humbling. <laughs> Imagine bringing that Valentino gown into a bathroom stall. <laughs> they probably didn't do it in the bathroom. I know that like when Kim Kardashian did the um Marilyn Monroe dress on the on the at the Met Gala. So if you, if you don't know this, this is a little piece of pop culture fact. Kim Kardashian, of course, wore that Marilyn Monroe dress at the Met Gala. People freaked out. Um, so the actual dress was actually only worn from when she got out of her car. So she wasn't even wearing the dress in the car because she couldn't sit in it. So she put the dress on <laughs> after she got out of the car, walked the red carpet. And then because like at the Met Gala, they're, they're of course sitting and they're being served food. She had to take the dress off and change into a replica of the dress. Now, why couldn't she just wear the replica? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> um, so she only wore actually wore that dress from when she walked onto the red carpet to when she walked off of the red carpet at the Met Gala. That's wild. and I think they made like a pop up changing area, <laughs> <for> <laughs> <her>. <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny. So I don't know, maybe that's what they do with with for these. I feel like Zendaya is one of the few people that has like separate looks for the red carpet and the actual words, but she deserves care. it. She yeah. is just the most stunning woman I've ever seen in my life. I can't wait for us to be like old as fuck. And when we're uh, looking back at like fashion icons from oh my God, the 2010s, right. they're going to write books about Zendaya yes. and Law Roach. Honestly, they're going to write so right. books about them. And I'm going to have a book on my coffee table of all of Law's outfits that he styled for Zendaya. And it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to so look right. at it all the time. When I'm old and I can't remember shit, I'm going to be flipping through that book, Zendaya and Law, <laughs> a, a, a history, a fashion, I, like whatever they're going to call it. I'm going to be flipping through that book as somebody's grandma. No, I'm not going to be anybody's grandma. But somebody's great aunt. I'm going to be flipping through that book like, damn. They say, there goes great aunt Ely again. Flipping yeah, through that Zendaya <laughs> looking at that book, Zendaya book. <laughs> trying to tell me about whoever the Zendaya woman was. They're like, sure, grandma. <laughs> Zendaya was an icon. <laughs> And oh, we need to talk about man. that the video of her and Austin Butler going up to present, and he tries to. Oh, it hold wasn't her hand. Austin Butler, it was Paul Mescal. Paul Mescal, sorry. Yeah. He, uh, so, okay, people did like a whole story saying she rejected him. And I think that's hilarious because she, she didn't. Like, she thinks that he's going for the arm link and he thinks that they're holding hands. So he goes to grab her hand and she sticks her elbow out and then they were both like oh that's weird so then they both kind of were like never mind and i saw a buzzfeed article that was like zendaya rejected paul and i was like can you guys stop? see i like to believe in that story for the drama oh my god but it's not and the tiktok i sent you the comments were so funny like someone was like she has a husband at home <laughs> <laughs> which by the way he commented on one of her NAACP image Tom awards Holland? posts yeah Mescal. with hard eye yeah oh. Paul Mescal commented her husband oh. Tom Holland commented hard eyes on her Instagram I love when he comments on her Instagram like, his oh. birthday I think is coming up and if no it's in June if, babe it's coming up you think up. I don't know when their birthdays are it, it's coming up and if another photo is not posted I'm gonna be upset 
Yeah. Well, because we kind of missed out for Zendaya's birthday this year because Tom isn't really on Instagram anymore. Yeah. What the hell, Tom? Which actually, it's kind of funny. His birthday is June 1st and her birthday is September 1st. I think that's so cute. Oh, my God. So cute. God, I hate them. They're so cute. Okay. <laughs> that's the end of that. That's all I had to talk about with Zendaya. I just wanted to, like, say my opinions on these outfits. I wanted you guys to know that I'm absolutely, like, choking, gagging, throwing up because these looks are <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Um, in other news, Kiki Palmer is now a mother. <laughs> this is actually funny. Like she's been kind of like joking about it on Twitter. Um, so her baby has this like insane name. Somebody was like, "That name sounds like he was marching with Martin Luther King," <laughs> and she said something like, Did "She was say, like, yup." <laughs> I walked with Martin. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> um, so okay, she posted like a. Uh, long post um with her boyfriend like announcing that they, she gave birth and she said born during black history month with a name to match leotis <laughs> and drelton jackson <laughs> welcome to the world baby leo <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny but i'm like you know what i'm happy for them that's really fucking cute sure yeah <laughs> of course i love that name i love the idea of an infant being named leotis and drelton <laughs> and they're like welcome baby leo like oh yeah <laughs> he's gonna get bullied <laughs> unless we eradicate bullying in the next 10 years he's gonna get bullied <laughs> maybe not because he's probably gonna go to some like wealthy prep school or something it just sounds like somebody's grandpa's name <laughs> oh my god or people are gonna be like what is that line from the temptations um ain't nobody coming to see you otis <laughs> okay sorry all right now is the big story that i know everybody's gonna be asking me about and everybody's gonna be like i hope you talk about hey, this this week i'm talking about it i know nothing about this so i need oh. to be educated okay i need to preface by saying i think a lot of this and i put this on the outline a lot of this is internet fluff. I genuinely oh. don't think that there's actually any quote unquote beef here. I, I, this has all just been concocted from people just posting stuff on the internet. None of it is coming from the actual people that's that are involved. So all right. if you don't know, I am talking about the Selena Gomez, Haley Bieber drama. I say that word very, cause I, again, I don't, there's no drama, <laughs> but it's taking over TikTok. Like every like three videos, I think on my feed is something about Justin Bieber, Haley Baldwin or Selena Gomez. So I'm taking you all the way back, back, back to the beginning. Not that quite far back, but if you have been living under a rock since like 2010, Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez were very long-term on again, off again. They were on again sometime in 2018 and they then broke up. And within months, Justin Bieber was engaged to Haley Baldwin, now Haley Bieber. Um, yeah, so that happened. Okay, now, again, I don't think there's any beef here. So since then, um, Selena and Haley have seemingly squashed any suspicion of there being beef after they were like photographed together at an event in October. But now people are things are spicing up again. 
So this, and like, this is so stupid. You're like, you're going to laugh at how dumb this is. <laughs> so the whole origin of this is that Selena Gomez posted a TikTok like literally just earlier this week or over the weekend uh, using that sound where it's like, my name is Bella Hadid. And she was like, oh, I wish I looked like Bella Hadid, whatever. Um, and then after that, she made another TikTok and said that she accidentally laminated her eyebrows too much when she was making that video, which is like this new eyebrow thing where you like comb your eyebrows upwards and like slick them back. Oh yeah. I was like, what does that mean? Thank you for defining it. Mm-hmm. She said she like did it too much. And then she said, oh, my name is Selena Gomez and I laminated my eyebrows too much, whatever on accident. Then three hours later, Kylie Jenner, who is like notoriously friends with like Haley and I don't know who her other friends are. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kylie Jenner posted on her IG story, like just a picture of like her face. Like she was like this. And then the caption on the image was this was an accident question mark. And she put the caption right over her own eyebrows. So people were like, she's shading Selena. And then the next Instagram story that she posted was her and Haley on FaceTime with both of their eyebrows like in the camera. And so people were like, oh my gosh, they're shading Selena. So somebody made a TikTok breaking down the drama Mm. and Kylie actually responded in the comments and said, this is reaching no shade towards Selena ever. And I didn't see her eyebrow post. You guys are making something out of nothing. This is silly. And then Selena responded to Kylie's comment and said, agreed at Kylie Jenner. It's all unnecessary. I'm a fan of Kylie, which (laughs) I fucking love when celebrities type like they're fucking 45 year old moms on Facebook. Like, (laughs) I'm a fan. It's like they're trying so hard to get the point across that they look so stupid. But so that happened and that was it. Um, But now people have been like, posting all these vid- it like opened up this huge can of worms so people are basically like doing a deep dive oh. into justin and Haley's relationship of course i think there's are. like a running joke about how like justin doesn't like her and i i can kind of see where the joke comes from because he does not he does not show his affection towards her in the same way that he did with selena remember that that video i sent it to you today uh, yes tiktok i saw an old video where they were playing those like basketball games at the arcade and Haley took a video of me like i beat you babe and then you hear him be like i wasn't trying <laughs> and there's he like was screaming he screamed at her and there's like so many other videos of him like slamming doors on her oh where like she God. falls on the ground or something and he just like walks away like oh my he's God. To her and I, like that's not good and in all their videos together he's so unenthusiastic like he'll be like yeah oh it was like on ellen ellen asked her asked him like what it was like when their families met for the first time and he like couldn't come or like he asked him or sorry ellen asked justin like something either about yeah like how they met for the first time or what he liked about her the first time and he like couldn't did not give a straight answer as to like why he likes this woman he basically just kept saying like oh she was raised christian so our families have similar values and it was like (laughs) like and so people have been doing that and then this other thing is that Haley bieber apparently like copies selena gomez has been has been copying selena gomez like for years and it's like at first it's like 
slightly coincidental like some stuff you're just like okay weird but a lot of it is like this is evidence <laughs> like she is, is acting so weird copying her every move like with selena had like a little cooking show on youtube i think and then oh yeah Haley had a cooking show that she would like recreate a lot of selena's like mannerisms from the show they both have G tattoos behind their ears. Like Selena got hers for her little sister. And then I don't know why Haley got hers. Um, there's just a lot of the same things. And then people point out how before she like really knew Justin Bieber, Haley was like a Bieber super fan. Like she was like a Justin Bieber fan. And so everybody's like this girl. It's just, it's really, it's really interesting. Mm. Um, so then there's more um so oh, people no. are flooding tiktok with all these videos about you know whatever and then people are kind of i think the reason why people are suspecting there's beef is because selena's been like responding well she was responding to like comments or like commenting on people's videos that have been like calling Haley a mean girl or saying that she's a bully or something she's been like commenting on them or like liking them and stuff and so People are like, okay, like, why is she engaging? And then she just took de deactivated her TikTok so that she's taking a break from Instagram. Like now she's just off social media completely. So I don't know. I don't really fully get why Selena, if Selena's not like mad about anything, why she's engaging in videos that are like directly calling her ex's wife a bully and like a mean girl, or whatever. Like maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But even so, I feel like that just doesn't signify, like, I really don't think there's anything here. I think a lot of it is just internet hype. So if you see stuff about there being drama, there really isn't any drama. Selena Gomez has deactivated her TikTok account. She's not on Instagram right now. Like, it, there's nothing active. Oh, and then it's like, people are pulling stuff out of absolutely nothing. Like, Hailey Bieber reposted it. Somebody tagged her in a... um. Uh, Instagram story about how they're using her beauty her like stuff for her, from her beauty line and the song that the per the original poster used is like a song that Selena Gomez just did a feature on and then Haley like reposted it and people are like oh, she just shaded Selena Gomez again and I'm like come on this is she all didn't so even silly that song yeah it's very silly so it's like a lot of it is just way just too much, too much, too, too dramatic. This is the perfect application for people are dying, Kim. Right. No, it's like people are oh dying, Haley. God. Right. And not it's just not even Haley, like the internet. Like yeah. calm down. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just kind of silly. I mean, I kind of feel bad for Selena Gomez because I'm sure that she like has been trying to like get away from this ridiculous drama about her ex. For years, by the way, they broke up in 2018 and people are just assuming that these two people hate each other simply because they used to date the same, they, you know, date the same person. And it's just like, can we stop doing this to women? <laughs> like, Can this yeah. be done? It's so tired. It's so tired. Sorry, I'm looking up. Didn't Haley Bieber wear... Uh, was it a Met Gala? I don't know if it was Met Gala. We talked about one of the looks that she wore. Oh, like the white sheet. The white sheet. It wasn't Met Gala because I can't find it when I Google it. But I just remember, like, whenever the words Haley Bieber are uttered in front of me, I think of that absolutely horrible garment. Yeah, not good. No, I know which one you're talking about. You're talking about the white one. And that was the Grammys. The Grammys? 
It was like a what, just a plain, like it looked like a white sheet. And then her hair was like just a low pony, like hanging in front of her face. It was not, not a Luke. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, literally a sheet. Yeah. Not. Yeah, similar. I was not a fan. I was not a fan. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks for, thanks for telling us about the saga. Yeah. Of nothing. Is, the saga again, of yeah, nothing. <laughs> a not really a saga because there's nothing to. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing there, but. I, it is kind of funny, I will say, seeing the TikToks of people like pulling quotes from Justin Bieber and then like the stuff that he said about Selena, how he's like really obsessed with her. And then apparently like one time he posted a picture of like his computer screen and you could see he had a Google search of like instead like Selena Gomez Coachella outfit. Oh, no. Like, what the oh, fuck? No. See, this is getting sad. <laughs> you know, he's like obviously still obsessed with her. I'm sure there's like I'm sure there's a good reason why they're not together, but I feel like she was his first love, so he's probably always going to be obsessed hey, with her. He's got to keep an eye out for Selena. But literally. <laughs> <laughs> so if anything, it's kind of like comical and entertaining. Um, but I don't know. Some of those videos about Haley Bieber cop- copying Selena Gomez, I'm like, girl, mm. it's getting real desperate. <laughs> All righty. You ready mm. for media moment yeah it's time for the media moment i am going first today i feel like this is going to be quick and you might look upon the outline and think that it's a double media moment i guess it technically is but i wanted to talk about one thing because it's a lead-in to the other so last week I talked about a podcast and I'm talking about podcasts again oh, this multiple. week for my media moment. Yeah. So one of my favorite podcasts is Triple Click. It is a video game podcast hosted by Maddie Myers, Jason Schreier, and Kirk Hamilton. And they all work in video game press slash media in some way or another. Mm-hmm. And the format of their show, they will either select like a newly released game and just talk about that for an episode their thoughts what they think of the gameplay what do they think just that sort of thing or they'll have an episode that's talking about like a topic so like they did one recently about romance and video games they Hmm. did one about mystery video games so they'll pick like a topic and then sometimes they'll just have q a episodes but anyway their newest episode which came out this past thursday was one of the episodes where they pick a game, a new game, and they talk about it. And so it's funny because normally when they do that format, it'll the title of the episode will just be triple play, colon, and then the name of the game. But this time, so they didn't say triple play, colon, Hogwarts Legacy. The title of the episode is Harry Potter and the Cursed Video Game, <laughs> which is a great riff on, of course, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, where they're talking about oh God, Hogwarts Legacy. But... It was a very good and very interesting episode because they're not just talking about the game. It's more of a discussion about the ethics of playing the game, buying the game, and moreover, like their relationship with the Harry Potter brand in the wake of J.K. Rowling's comments, the multiple heinous anti-trans things she said, among other things. She swears isn't anti-trans. Whatever. (laughs) So it's just a really great episode it's one of the better ones they've or not but it's one of the more interesting ones they've had recently Mm -hmm. so 
what came of that episode is multiple times they're referencing another podcast called the shrieking shack. And I was like, what is this? They're making like allusions to it. And they're like, Oh, we're going to, we're, we're going to frame our history with wizarding world, similar to how they do on shrieking shack. I was like, what is this? So I looked it up and shrieking shack is a podcast that started in 2018. And actually I need to look it up to get the host names of that. Cause I need Ooh. to make sure I'm doing a shout out correctly. You're not a fan. I've only listened to four. Okay. It's Liz and ZC. I don't know. It's, it's two people and what they did from 2018 to like, Oh gosh. Um, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I think it was like well into the 2020s. They, uh, or 2020, they uh -huh. break down the Harry Potter books one through seven, and each episode is like a chunk of chapters. So it'll be like one through four was episode one. Oh yeah, five yeah. through like binge seven. Sure. Um, <laughs> and the whole the whole conceit behind the Shrieking Shack is kind of what Maddie, Jason, and Kirk are doing on the episode of Triple Click, where it's like reframing this material based on how they feel about Harry Potter now. So mm -hmm. the way that they describe the podcast is they call themselves lapsed Harry Potter fans. So when they started this in 2018, they were already kind of feeling disenfranchised because this is when JK Rowling was really first starting to like make her be a big known. <laughs> yeah. And so they thought, okay, let's start this podcast where we just reread the books and really like get into the nitty gritty and just re-examine it what we like, what we don't like. And it's really interesting. And it's There's really in depth. Like each episode is like an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes. And this is only for a couple chapters at a time. Mm -hmm. So I'm not even close to the end of their breakdown of Sorcerer's Stone. Um, but it's just interesting. I don't know if I'm going to keep listening. Cause like I said, it's a lot. I think it took them over a hundred episodes to get through the whole series. And mm -hmm. what's exciting is I saw now they're doing Twilight. <laughs> oh that's so fun yeah i I'm, i can imagine it's a little bit different because to my knowledge stephanie meyer hasn't come out and said anything horribly offensive like I hope not. Has. but <laughs> yeah it's just an interesting podcast it's interesting to hear two people that were huge fans like went to every midnight release premiere now look yeah. back on the material with different lens like a more academic contextual lens and yeah. so i wanted to bring up triple click because they're the reason why i started listening to the shrieking check and the reason why it's called the Shrieking Shack, for those of you who don't know, that's a location in the Harry Potter books. Um, I just love the concept of like going back and looking through old literature that you liked as a kid with the academic, kind of an academic lens or like a more, just a more just critical a different focus. Context, like being yeah, an adult totally. and everything. Different context and a more like critical um, focus to, to consuming it. That's a great yeah and they keep making allusions to this is kind of what makes me want to stick with it when to when they get to like the latter half of the series they keep making allusions to this idea that harry potter like the books didn't really support this hard left turn into like the dark the darkness of books like five six and seven that the earlier books did, don't really support that and they're really whimsical and really childlike so I'm kind yeah. of interested to keep listening and see how they get into that and how like that lack of evolution kind of happened. I feel like the films were very similar too, where it was just like, whoa, all of a sudden now we're going to like 
bleach every frame and it's going to become oh i see what you mean okay well you know how i feel about the phones yeah i feel like they really really quickly can i just like give my two cents on like that in particular i feel like what i liked about the books is that which i feel like they don't really emphasize on it enough in the movie maybe um is that the shift really happens after um well one it starts to get darker because harry literally witnesses one of his classmates get killed Mm -hmm. and then two it gets really way more darker after order of the phoenix when he has to witness then Sirius black die and he like cannot grapple with the fact that Sirius is gone and i don't think they highlight that enough in the movie but in the sixth book he spends the entire like a lot of the first like the beginning of maybe not in the beginning maybe i'm not remembering it correctly but he spends a lot of that like storyline in the sixth book trying to figure out how Sirius black like isn't dead like he goes up to the ghosts at Hogwarts and he asks them like, how do you become a ghost? And like, so this means that Sirius could still be out there. And they're like, well, no. And like, he spends a lot of it too feeling intense guilt because he feels like Sirius died basically because of him. And like, so I feel like it, they do it. It's done pretty well in the books with how like you can see that it's darker because he's like, really, that's how he feels like his maturity, like his image, like his innocence was like taken away from him once he had to start figuring out how to deal with actual death that he'd witnessed. Like for most of it, he, he had to figure out how to deal with death that he didn't know, like didn't know about that. He didn't see that he wasn't there for. I mean, he kind of was, but he really wasn't. And now this is like a lot of death that he just doesn't know how to handle. And so, yeah, it's like interesting. It's really like about growing up and just like understanding grief and how it impacts you and like your just overall viewpoint in life. But like I say, the movies are trash and they don't really do that. (sighs) So I disagree with Ely on the movies are trash, but I think I think with the podcast hosts are the book. Okay. Do you have amnesia? I've read the books. Well then you should know. Are you kidding? No, it's called You're a saying... differing opinion. <laughs> no. Okay. Anyway, I think what the podcast hosts are alluding to is, and I very much agree with this, this idea that like, there's no way that JK planned out as far in advance as she claims she did. And so it feels somewhat like, like as you're going along, oh, that totally. there's new information. Like they were just talking about, like I said, I've listened to almost the first three episodes and they're talking about how, um, you know, it's revealed in a later book that, petunia actually knows pretty much everything and how reading it back it's like the way it's written <laughs> it, no she doesn't No, you so, ain't. yeah so that sort of thing where it's like clearly jk it's like how remember those tweets where she would be like uh like uh, what was it was it nagini was a character in the second fantastic beast movie and she's like i've known this since the very beginning Bitch, it's like, no, you no, you have no you haven't delusional and also my fronts. my the the one inconsistency that makes me so angry is the thing about like the thestrals how you can only see them if you witness death and of course harry can only see them starting in his fifth year at hogwarts but like she says his mom was killed right in front of him when he was a baby. Mm-hmm. He witnessed death already. It, that shit pissed me off. I don't think she saw. She thought something sir. But anyway, no. All uh, they do is lie. <laughs> anyway, so that is a new podcast that I'm adding to the rotation for now. We'll see how long it, it grips me. I kind of wish like 
maybe they were a little bit shorter because like it is kind of wild that they're legit talking about like a 60 page chunk of book for an hour and a half but can you host of this podcast really be speaking on that all right we're not talking about (laughs) 60 pages in a book we're talking about lots of different events there can be a lot in 60 pages of a book okay yes there can be i'm just saying i wish that maybe it wasn't so i could get through it faster anyway the the prospect of having 100 episodes on the horizon is daunting all right but anyway what's your media moment or you're such a gamer girl you're such a gamer girl girl. yeah Yeah. so my my (laughs) media moment's a game that i just got (laughs) it's called disney dreamlight valley um and I have to say, I don't know if there's a way, like, if Nintendo saves data, like, to tell you how many hours you put into a specific game. It's I usually don't... game by game. Like, it'll tell okay. you in the save file. Oh, okay. So it's not, like, a console thing. No. Um, I don't know if I want to know, but I'm also, like, slightly <laughs> curious, but I don't think I want to know. But, so, when did I buy this game? I don't even remember. So, I I've think been, it like... was legit, like, three nights ago. It was it has yeah, not it was been that very, long. It hasn't been that long. <laughs> Um, and I bought it and it, it was, it's, I, at least on switch, I think it's download only right now. So I had to wait for Mm -hmm. it to download. And so I just left it and I didn't touch it for like a day. And then I was like, oh yeah, I bought that game. Like, let me try it out. So I've been seeing people talking about this game specifically this girl that I like kind of saw, I think I've seen her videos on TikTok before, but her Instagram like popped up for me. Um, her name is Kendall and her handle is just at cozy dot games on, um, on Instagram and I didn't know like what cozy gaming was. And then I saw this and I was like, Oh yeah. Like that's the type of games that I used to play like in high school. And like, but I didn't know how to like describe it. Like I didn't know that it was like an actual genre, like a thing. Yeah. So I saw her videos and I was like, Oh yeah. Like these are the games that I used to love playing. Remember I used to talk to you about that game. Happy street. I used to play on my phone. (laughs) That's like, Yes. yes. So she talks about um, cozy games and she had been talking about Dreamlight Valley and she said it's like Disney's uh, iteration of Animal Crossing. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. Like you have an uh, you have a, a village and all of your villagers are Disney characters. And I was like, oh, my God, I love that. And so I was like, let me see how much this game is. Like, let me just check it out. And it was only twenty two dollars in the Nintendo store. It was on sale. And so I was like let me get it why not and i have been playing this game like when we're done with this i'm gonna get in my bed and play more of it i have i've been playing this game i convinced my friend media to get it on her switch <laughs> can you can you all because i know with animal crossing you can yeah. visit each other's i can don't you do think that? you can no oh. which sucks because that'd be so fun yeah. but it's like the same storyline for everyone so i don't see how i mean i don't know it would be nice though you could like visit and socialize though yeah that would be cute maybe they'll but... add it like that you know because nowadays you can just add stuff with updates Maybe. Yeah, that's true. I feel like you could. That would be fun if you could. Um, It's really fun. It's really fun. Um, Do you like farm and stuff like yeah. an animal? It's it's basic. It's literally Animal Crossing. It's literally Animal Crossing, but the villagers are Disney characters. Yeah. So you have like that's quests cute. that each character is like have once they like come go through like. So you have to level up your like friendship level with each character. That's fine. And then like as you get to different levels that you unlock different quests and then you earn it's called like the currency. So you have like coins you can use to like buy things like from Goofy's stall. 
And then you, the other currency in the game is Dreamlight. And so the more Dreamlight you acquire, the more you can use it to like unlock and ex- explore different areas of the val of like the village. And so right now I have um the it base comes with um already like the plaza space and the meadow space. And then you get to unlock different realms, which like mean then you can pull different characters from those realms. Or like some of the characters are already trapped in specific areas <gasps> of the yeah. So I just unlocked Kristoff by um unlocking the forest of valor. Kristoff <laughs> was stuck in there and he was like, Oh my god, you're <laughs> This is so it's unserious. So, it's so unserious, but it's so cute. It's so cute. So I'm really enjoying it. And I love being able to see like, like I have Moana and Maui and I have, um, um, what's her name? Mirabel from Encanto on my <laughs> island. And then like Kristoff is there. It's like these characters have nothing to do with each other, are all in the same space. And then I just found out you can unlock the Toy Story characters and they're like, the size of toys. <laughs> oh, that's cute. I was gonna ask you if it's just Disney animation or if there's also like no, Pixar. No, there's Pixar, so you can you get imagine Remy. If they have Star Wars characters. They have you can get Remy, Remy. Mm-hmm. and he'll be a Mirea, little mouse size. Mirea already size. got Remy for her island for her. Oh, village. so I haven't it, gotten Remy. It's random. Like, it's not random, but there are certain choices that you can make. And so oh. when it gave me the option to unlock my first realm, I chose to unlock the one that Moana was in, but she chose to unlock Ratatouille. Oh my God. This mm-hmm. actually does sound fun. It's a really fun game. They have it for PS5. No, I know they do. It's funny because like we're talking about this cute ass game. And meanwhile, like the game I just beat is like the newest You're Resident Evil some, game, like, which was like scary disgusting and violent section. as shit. <laughs> Really well, good, then maybe <laughs> it's refreshing to switch it up and do Disney Dreamlight Valley. No, that's and what I. They're that's having what I like do. a sale right now because it's their like centennial celebration, so you can get a lot oh, of free yeah. shit right now. That's that's what I do. Is like I like to fluctuate game tones. So like I just beat Resident Evil last week, really good game, and so now I'm playing the new Ratchet and Clank games. That's like lighter, more colorful, and then I'll play something serious again. I gotta switch it up. Um, well, I'm that's actually... what I think is fun about these like island like village games that you can like put them down and come back to them anytime and it's like fine yeah and i have felt kind of left out because all those games are on like switch and like we don't normally get them so i'm gonna look it up right now to see if it's on sale it's fun it's really fun i think you should do it you might you would probably like it and it's it's actually i feel like it's a little bit easier than animal crossing so like some of this it's like Mm. it's not like ridiculously simplified where it's boring but it's a little bit more simplified that you're like yes i can keep playing this and it's like i'm not gonna get stuck on something you know yeah no see that's the thing i feel like the only time i played animal crossing was back in like the gamecube days and I love, I just love the conceit of Animal Crossing. It's so mm-hmm. fucking cute. And I wish, I mean, I guess I could play it on Nyx, but like, I wish I could just play it on my console and I feel left out. But um, so breaking news, it's on sale for 25 bucks until Friday on the PlayStation Store. And See? it's the, so there's a deluxe edition and an ultimate edition, but those are more, but the standard edition, it says it comes with, uh, eight thousand moonstones, two standard wearable items. So you get to change your outfit and stuff. Yeah, you make like a whole character. Like you get to customize your person. <gasps> Stitches in this game. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my god. It's cute. Wait, you're Zach. convincing it's me. It's cute. It's really cute. You get yeah. to decorate your house and stuff? Yes. And then one of the things that you can buy for the like the centennial celebration is the purple cottage. And I bought the purple cottage even though I haven't finished upgrading my house because I want that purple cottage. <laughs> and you get to move into it? Yeah, no, like you get to unlock furniture. You can buy furniture from Scrooge McDuck store. <laughs> oh, this sounds so fun. You get to decorate your little house. And it's your house. Like you go in there and you get to like cook meals. Like you, you get to cook. So you, so you farm like ingredients for you can like fish and farm. And like those are the ingredients um, for your food. And then you go into your house and you use your stove in your house and you make different meals. I love how this has been a sales pitch basically for the game that you've been yeah, doing. This needs to fucking run me my run me my bag because <laughs> I've gotten I've got one person already. I'm about to get another person to download this game. <laughs> Wait, actually, really big question. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're going to say no. Is there voice acting for the characters? A little bit, but the reason why I think you're going to say no is because I feel totally. like it'd be very complicated because, of course, they have like actors doing the voices for the films and they'd have to pay them. Is yeah. it like fake voices? Is it like people that aren't that's that are doing impressions? I mean, if it is, they some of them. I think they're pretty good. Um, mm. So it's not like they are saying all the dialogue; like it's just written on the screen. Yeah. But they have like catchphrases that they say when you walk by them, or like oh. when, they, when they say hello, and like, like Moana's always or Maui's is pretty funny because he's always like he, you know, how he is in the movie. Like he's always just saying the stuff about himself and like what he does, and like mm -hmm. <laughs> some. Oh, the other thing that's funny is that a way to build up your friendship level with each character is by giving them their like favorite items of the day. So every day they have three items that are their favorite items of the day. And you have to either like make those items, like find them or like farm them or something like that. And you can give it to them. And that gives you like a bonus in your friendship with them. And Maui's one of his favorite items of the day was a cookie that said my hero. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> it's cute. And so, yeah, there's like a little bit of voice acting. I don't know if it's actually the actors that they like pulled from the movie or if it's like they some of them just lended their voice for like one offs. I don't know, mm. but I, they yeah. sound pretty accurate. They sound good. Like it doesn't sound corny. I'm just wondering because I was thinking it'd be kind of weird if it was just a village full of like silent iconic characters. No, it's not they silent. <laughs> they, yeah, they like, they, you walk by them and they say stuff or you can hear mm. them in the background. Like you can hear Goofy laughing somewhere. <laughs> somewhere yeah. in the distance. Like, <laughs> oh, so wait, before you, before you like actually find, I had to like Google this actually because it was kind of confusing for me. At the very beginning of the game, you don't know this, but Goofy's in his house and you have to go into his house to like meet him for the first time. But they don't tell you that. So I was just like wandering around like, how do I unlock this fishing pole? I had to Google it. And they were like, even though, and you can hear Goofy. That's the thing. If you're anywhere near his house, you can hear him like, uh, yeah. like, <laughs> like you can hear him, but you're like, where is he? And then on Google, like on the thing that I found, they were like, this is a little confusing, but you have to actually go in his house and give him like a broken fishing pole that you found. And then he gives you the fishing pole that's yours. It's like really weird. Um, but yeah, like you can hear him when you're in the area. <laughs> yeah. I was like, where is he? <laughs> but it's a really fun game. I'm really oh. loving it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll think on it. I'll tell it's because Wednesdays, tomorrow's Wednesday. Wednesdays is when the PlayStation store has their refresh on like whatever oh. deal they have going on. Um, so we're going to get a refresh tomorrow and 
if there's if there's nothing I like in whatever sale that is, maybe I'll consider investing into Dreamlight Valley instead because I only have a couple of days to decide. Apparently, yeah. Um, the well, now's ends. the time to do it. Yeah, it's on but, sale. Um, thank you for telling me about it. You're welcome. It's been it's been such a fun fun little journey for me. <laughs> and what's great? And I about, still manage. Oh, sorry. What's great about the type of game is usually they don't have an ending. You just keep right back to them. Right. And of course, like you said, this is the, the the time now where they can just put updates into the game. Mm-hmm. So it's like if they if you run out of the story that they have now, I'm sure they will keep updating it. And yeah, you can keep playing it. You can keep adding things to your house. You can keep farming like plenty of stuff to do. Hmm. Slay. Yeah. Well, I think we should bring this to an end before we hit the two hour mark. Lots oh to talk about this evening. I know this was crazy. I feel like I thought this was going to be short because I didn't have no, a lot. But yeah, I was I was working on the outline and I thought this will probably be like like eighty minutes. Spent all that time talking <laughs> about Disney Dream Live Out, <laughs> among other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for listening, and of course, we'll talk. We'll we'll talk at you again soon. Mm-hmm. And um. Pray for me that I don't have COVID because Nick has COVID and Poor Nikki. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it, but I've had contact with him. So yeah, we'll see. Disgusting. But have a good night. Have a good night.